Hey, Linda and Drew Scott here. Welcome to At Home. Finally, a show where I don't have to wear a tie, a tool belt, or even pants. For all you know, we could be recording this from the toilet. For the past decade on Property Brothers, hundreds of families have invited us on their journey to create their dream homes. And with every family we met, we learned a little more about what really makes a house a home. Now we want to invite you to come along on our journey. To live in a treehouse. RV. A farm. Whatever it is, we have a lot to learn. That's where we bring in our lovely guests. They'll share their experiences on everything from building healthy relationships to growing baby carrots. I've always wondered about those. And speaking of babies, we want to be sure that we're playing our part in making the planet better for our future kids. We know that the changes we all want to see in the world start at home. I've always wanted to live in a treehouse. Doesn't everyone? This is At at home. Hey everyone, welcome to At Home. Hello, welcome to our attic. It's still if it's a fresh year. We're trying so a big part of, you know, everybody makes their New Year's resolutions and we're trying to incorporate different things like we're spending more time in each area of our home to really appreciate yes, each I've area. Been spending more time on the toilet. A lot more time. And then I Let just me tell you. FaceTime Drew. Oh man. <laughs> she she does want to have conversations when she's on the toilet. And I'm not I'm not game for that. So I sort of like play music and then walk out of the room. So mean. <laughs> but any other place, I'm good to have a conversation. But um, yeah, with moving around to the different areas of the house. What am I boring you already? Mm. Are you yawning, yawning I'm this early. This early, it's actually five eleven p.m. Early. Anyway, side tracker. <laughs> uh, what okay. I was saying is we we've been. Using each area of the home a little bit more, but uh, over the holiday until now, we're actually looking at the flow of every space, the function we have in every mm-hmm. space. And that got us thinking more about not just the function, but the feng shui oh, of but each the space. Feng sh- the, the feng, feng shui. Yeah. The feng shui. The feng shui. Get it? Function way. I mean, we're trying to be very clever. But in our heads. Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, it was. Uh, this is how you grew up, not me. I, I, we we didn't think feng shui when I was growing up, but I didn't think about it. So our guest today is Laura Serrano, and uh, Drew actually had her on Forever Home mm-hmm. as the expert who was walking through um, your homeowners. Yeah, she's just the CEO and founder of Feng Shui Manhattan, and she works in New York as well as LA. And so. We had our homeowners really excited about adding feng shui to their home that they've lived in for over a decade, um, but it really frustrated them because the energy flow wasn't great. Mm-hmm. So we brought in the expert and chatting with Laura is so inspiring because you actually see a lot of the things that we want in our home. We don't really know why. We just like a certain flow or a certain way of having things. It's just vibes. It's just certain vibes, mm-hmm. but those vibes, that is the basis of feng shui. But it's also more than just your home. It's it's an energy flow with yourself, mm-hmm. and so it's really fascinating to to chat with yeah. Laura, and we're excited to bring her to at home. Mm-hmm. And so when you told me that uh, you had Laura on set with you on Forever Home, I was so excited because as as you'll hear us tell Laura later, I've been thinking about how to shift things around in our home just to feel better because. I mean, I love our home and it feels good and it feels homey, but there are just like certain parts where every day I look at it and I'm like, I don't know, I'm not feeling it. I'm, I'm not one of those parts, am I? Yeah, there's just this like big, tall, <laughs> this like piece of furniture that's like six yeah. four. Oh man. With a beard. <laughs> that sounds like a sexy piece of furniture. <laughs> no, but like when <laughs> you were asking about when I grew up, if I, you know, 
grew up around feng shui. I, I did, but I didn't think about it. Yeah, your parents like just my, incorporated it. Yeah, my parents just incorporated it and I never, I think I questioned it and I thought it, I thought it was silly at some points. Like, oh, why do we have to put this door um, in, in the kitchen? Cause like in our house where we, one of the houses that we grew up in, there was a, there was the front door and then the foyer and it led directly into the kitchen door. Mm. And we, I think we had to put like a, a door that like opened and closed there instead oh, of just a doorway. The, yeah. To block the energy. Yeah. Flow. Because yeah. that led straight to the backyard. So mm. I think the idea that they were, you know, trying to design around was that they didn't want the good energy to like go straight through the front door and then like out the back. Yeah. Door. You want to keep that good energy within. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's so much that you guys are going to learn from Laura today and that we have learned and will continue to learn yes. because that's one of the, the big things there is to really understand how the energy flow in your house and in yourself can actually improve your life. Mm -hmm. And stick around until the end because we're going to have Laura come back and dissect our bedroom. Dun, dun, dun. Inviting her into our own home. This is Laura Serrano. Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices like my lights, my locks. <laughs> my security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. <laughs> Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. I love what you do. I love the any aspect of the energy of a home because you can really feel how that affects you in your life, your relationships, um, and as you head outside your home. Um, I mean, energy is, is connection uh, with people as well. And um, I'd love to dig back at the, the, what's the true definition of feng shui? And am I even saying it correctly? Feng shui? Feng shui. That's how I was taught. So Same. I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> sure there are other ways, obviously, to properly pronounce. Um, but the base history of it essentially is that it's pulling... Um, from wind and water. So that's the translation, feng shui, wind, water. And it originates in the mountain ranges of China. So there are aspects of shamanism in the traditional teachings of feng shui. And actually, I think it's the Rose Hill Cemetery, not too far from San Gabriel, where they still practice it, which is really fascinating. And they're actually dedicating the whole north area of that cemetery to be completely feng shui geared towards the cemetery. So if anyone's really interested in that, because there are different types of feng shui. So there's called yin feng shui and then there's yang feng shui. So yin feng shui is dedicated to the deceased and the burial grounds. And yang feng shui is dedicated to the living, us people. <laughs> and so all the, the properties and the principles and the teachings of what we know today as yang feng shui or living feng shui 
has basically been adopted from the yin aspect of the teachings. Can you tell us how you came about learning about feng shui and and about your work? Yeah, um, the short history of it started in 1996 uh, with a a family trip to Sedona, Arizona. And I'm being totally vulnerable and open here. So my mom was going through a transitional point where she was getting a divorce. So that was like the last hurrah family, you know, outing. And we took a, a pink Jeep tour trip. And one of the, the um, guides, she basically was very intuitive. And she was the first one to really introduce us into the concept of intentions, uh, energy flow, focus, things of that nature. And she basically said to my mom towards the end of that particular tour, it was only like two or three hours. She said, when you get back to New York, you're going to hear the words feng shui and don't ignore it because this is basically part of your life's journey. And so that's quite a stretch, but my mom was super open to it. And so she left that in the back of her mind. And sure enough, we get back to New York. She goes through the divorce and she's looking for something to keep her you know, emotionally, mentally afloat. And the words feng shui came up and it happened to be at a holistic uh, health center. And so she inquired learned about it. And as she was learning, she was also simultaneously teaching me. And then in 2010, she passed away. So I call that my graduation day. So it's been quite the journey. And and here we are now. (laughs) So it's very exciting. And so this is something that you build and developed and and grew with your mom. And so how did that, you know, that energy that you guys had together and how you grew your business together and then have your mom when she passed away in 2010, how did that affect you, um, and your energy when your whole business was that energy together? Yeah, that's a great question. It, I'll be, yeah, again, totally open. I, it took me two years to really process her death in the physical form. And then I, I needed time to research, like, what is death? Even though I know it sounds crazy, but it's, it's true. What is that? What is the grieving time? And what do I need to do to heal? Because that basically the business has become that legacy of her energy and, And, um, but even more than that, you know, just understanding how you can use these principles to help so many people, but it took, it took a minute, (laughs) um, to process it. And then, and then it opened me up to the Reiki. It opened me up to the dowsing. It opened me up to other forms of meditation and methods of healing and really just a, a new lifestyle and perspective. Um, and so all these different experiences have filtered into that process and it's now evolving the way I even work. How I used to work a few years ago, I've kind of put it to the side, still have the basic foundations of what my mom taught me, of course, but now it seems to be morphing in a good way into something of my own, which is really exciting because as you guys know, um, you know, your parents are like, these are my parents, here's my example. And here now I can, the metaphor is to spread the wings and our logo is the monarch butterfly. So, I mean, the whole f- symbolism of the butterfly and all that beautiful stuff definitely folds into the nature of what I experienced, what my mom experienced and what our clients are experiencing and what this world is experiencing mm-hmm. right now. And, and you mentioned you were adopted. Can you tell us how your childhood plays a part in the way you work and, and why you do what you do? Yeah, the adoption, in my early years, I didn't really 
let's say I wasn't fully present with that. I just knew I was adopted. It was just a word. But then as I started integrating different varieties of healing modalities and techniques, I said, huh, this kind of does relate to my own life journey because we're not just sticking to one one method. There's too much, um, you know, we'll use the buzzword. There's too much diversity out there. We have to integrate everything because everyone's so uniquely different. And I know everyone likes to use the word, you know, find your tribe. And I'm like, well, (laughs) I don't really know my tribe. Literally, (laughs) I don't know them. (laughs) And so feng shui for me was a way to kind of create that idea of a tribe, even though, yes, my mom, they'll call it in the adopted world. That's your adopted mom. I'm like, no, that's my mom. <laughs> it's like, that's who I knew. That's who raised me. My father, that's not my adoptive father. It's my father. Um, so, but yes, just kind of allowing feng shui to give me something to believe in, to anchor onto. And that was something my mom always taught me. She said, if you don't like to go to church or whatever, she's like, you don't have to just try it. And what I do want you to do is have something that will anchor you um, when life is good and when life is not good, you know? So she mm-hmm. was giving me little nuggets of wisdom when I didn't even realize it. And then when I'm working with my clients, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, that's what my mom said. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was passing it on. So see, that's a very similar in my uh, in our, our house here in my life, when I see my parents coming out of me, it's, for example, when I stub my toe and I yell and swear really loud, I'm like, oh, that's my dad. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that as a kid when I was growing up. He would drop the hammer on his foot or something when we were fixing a place. Oh, shit. <laughs> anyway. Well, um, I think it's so serendipitous that we're talking right now because for the past few months, I've been thinking about feng shui just a lot of the times. Like I wake up in the morning and there's this... Uh, drawer chest where Drew keeps his underwear and stuff like right beside the bed where I sleep and I wake up in the morning and I look at I'm like I don't like that there but I don't I haven't done anything about it it's just like I just don't like that there's just like she doesn't like that she can't see in the two top drawers it's It's too tall tall for her and anyway I just thought it was like very such a coincidence because I've been thinking about it lots and growing up um my parents were very aware of feng shui practices and I remember having to renovate the house according to um, what a geomancer suggested to my parents. Um, And I never gave it a second thought as a kid. So I just think it's funny that now that as adults, you know, you just feel certain things and you're reminded of like, oh, maybe that's what mom and dad were talking about. Um, And then Drew came back from work on Forever Home the other day and and he was like, oh, there's this really cool feng shui master on set. I was like, we have to talk to her. Oh, but then also I I come in. So we we have this one love seat in our house that was, we had it downstairs in the living area, but it wasn't quite working. It was just, it was actually too big because there are too many pieces. Where would this go? We love the feel of it, but the flow isn't good here. And then we kept thinking of different areas. And then I came home and Linda's like, I'm I'm actually just standing by the the entrance to our closet, and I'm like, something's different. And Linda's like, yeah, something's changed. And I'm like, what? And I'm looking around. I literally couldn't tell what was different. Mm -hmm. It was that she moved that sofa into the bedroom, and I literally didn't notice it. (laughs) I didn't notice it because it it fit into place. It seemed like it made sense where it was. And I'm looking around. I'm like, I don't see what the difference is. What's the change? Anyway, but um, it's um, for what what I've been doing for years. So 20, 20 plus years, my brother and I have been renovating houses, designing houses, trying to make houses the best they can be for that family. And it's really interesting for us to always learn and grow and, and look at what's important to different families. And I think subconsciously, 
maybe there's an element of me that's a feng shui wannabe guru because I do think about that flow. Like for me, function is more important than the style of a home. And we've always designed around the function of a home for a family. But then when you and I were chatting and walking through that house, it was sort of opening up my mind to so many more things that I wasn't really thinking about. So can you walk us through what, when you're walking through a home, what are some of the key components that you feel are good energies or bad energies that we need to consider? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take it back even one further step before you even get into the home. And I think you guys do this on the show where you, right, you do the tour and you ask them their intentions. So before I even get into the house, I like to do a full discussion with them. And we'll look at like nine different categories that make up their experiences of life is the easiest way to put it. So it could be just rattle off some base examples, career, partnership for romance, for business relationships, their health, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, and the list goes on. So based on their responses, once I have that information and then I step into the house, um, I'm able to see, at least this is how I translate it, the symbolic language in alignment with their intentions and what the challenges are. And so then you use shape, color, textures, all the senses, um, even smell, sound, everything, uh, visual cues, the height of a ceiling. Um, even the, I know like the other, the homeowners were talking about the flooring, even the type of flooring and the direction of the flooring will all play a role in the fluidity of how the energy moves and how it's going to be received to the subconscious, like you said. And so our idea, our, our intention as the consultant is to bring that conscious awareness to such a precise level that they're no longer on autopilot. And mm. so because we live in a very, you know, this is where we live. We live inside buildings right now, even more so than before. It's even more important. So that I would start with that and then start looking at the symbolic representation of how they align with the principles of feng shui. So we were talking about, right, opening up the windows, pulling back the curtains. So the deeper symbolic representation for that, for the Western mindset, the modern day style that we live in, is that we're not walking around with our eyes shut all the time. Mm -hmm. Even different components of the home relate to different body parts. Mm -hmm. And that I find really fascinating because it can also relate to different psyches and emotions. I'm curious, uh, two things I'm curious on. First off, all right, which what body parts are what parts of the house? Can, I need to can I guess, is the kitchen the heart? The kit. well, it could, the kitchen is, it depends on where the kitchen is placed. So oh, this, okay. is, this is where it becomes a little bit more, it's complex, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> so, and I'll say this, feng shui in the modern day time, it is full of contradictions, okay? So um, that's life. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's so there it is. Uh, but for example, if the kitchen, let's say, was in um, the South, if we're talking directions here, the South would relate to fame um, or reputation. It would relate to the fire element. So now what's happening here, just to explain this a little bit more, is that modern day principles of feng shui are also overlapping with the five elements, overlapping with yin-yang principles, and they're also overlapping with traditional Chinese medicine. 
And so this mm-hmm. is where we start to get this interconnected world. Um, if you're working with somebody for health, emotional well-being, uh, mm-hmm. mental well-being, and so on. But going back to that, if the kitchen is in the south, just very general, yes, it can relate to the eyes. So the fire element will relate to the eyes. It can also relate to the blood flow. So a common phrase is the center of the home would be the heart of the home. So everything that happens in the center of a home on a grander scale with the perimeter shape, you want to make sure in general, it's not going to be weighed down. It's not chaotic. So that's why you always hear us use the buzz term, don't have clutter, but there's more reason to that because (laughs) ever since World War II, our uh, society uh, <laughs> has developed a habit of hoarding <laughs> to certain mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some to more degrees than others. <laughs> so so um, thinking of that, just like the, the, the body as a representation of your home. So center of your home is the heart of your home. Mm-hmm. So does that mean like as you walk in the front entrance, is that like the eyes of your home or is that the head? Good question. They have, okay, so we're going even further. They they have another um, practice. This comes from BTB Feng Shui, so from Professor Lin Yun. And he essentially established a diagram called the mystic body. And the mystic body can either be positioned on a floor plan where the head is at the top of the home where the roof is, or you can Mm. flip it where it's towards uh, what we call the mouth of chi, where is the front door. So it really depends on how you position it. I typically, for me, I typically see the, the roof, you know, the attic, those areas being the head. And then the middle part of the home is the main section of the body. And then you get into the leg area, you know, on the mm. lower levels. So it all depends on how you want to utilize the mystic body. Hmm. And actually something that, that when we actually were touring, uh, and for anybody listening as a uh, little jump back, so I brought Laura out because uh, two of our homeowners that we were looking at for the wife, um, she, it was very, very important that the house had a great energy and a great flow. And they've been living in a house for a very long time that did not have the flow she wanted. And she said it really made her feel like she was just off in her house all the time. And her husband was very supportive, but they they're just busy parents um, and they didn't have the time to over a decade in the house they didn't have the time actually almost two decades in the house i think and they didn't have the time so anyway um we brought uh laura in to help us walk through to see what we can do with the renovation to maximize the flow anyway when we were walking through the house that you were saying there's a difference between traditional feng shui and modern feng shui and what i noticed is there was that contradiction because our husband wanted to open up the walls and he wanted to have it wide open and a nice flow because he said for them, it'd be great for entertaining. They have big family get-togethers. However, um, the, the, his wife was saying that she wanted to keep it closed off because she liked the feeling of that sort of uh, intimate closed-in feel and it was blocking the energy from coming in the front door and flowing right out the back window. Mm-hmm. So you were able to show them that there were positives to both sides. Yeah, and that's that's the idea, um, especially in this modern day, because we can't always have the perfect house. And if you aim for perfection, you're going to go crazy. And we know this in life. So the negotiation that I liked that you guys created was, yes, we seal off that one section because it was very random, just a, a random sliding door. So, okay, um, so we make that more solid. And that also is an example of, the center of the home, why do we want something cutting right through the heart? Mm-hmm. You know, 
that's unstable. So we mm. make it more solid. And that's where the mountain wall reference comes in because mountain is basically referring to earth and the center of the home will be earth. So it's grounded. Um, but what I liked the, the resolution was we, it looked like you guys opened up the space between the dining room entry point into the kitchen. So you still gave it more what I refer to as breathable energy. So the energy, mm -hmm. the chi will flow much more easily. And then you set up the positioning of um, the little counter space where they'll, the mm -hmm. island where they can eat. So everyone can see clearly out that direction. So they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, I'm like, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's it's a win-win on both ends, essentially. Yeah. yeah. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. <laughs> Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. A lot of these solutions you're talking about, they sound logical and, and, you know, it feels like common sense. It feels like it would be a nice place to, you know, to live in. But how much of, of feng shui is supported by science? Do you, do you ever struggle with clients um, questioning? I mean, I guess if they're your clients, you know, they're on board. But, they're on board. <laughs> you know, for people who don't, uh, aren't very familiar with it or question it, how much of these practices are supported by science? I think right now, none of them, to be quite mm. honest. And it's and it's a shame because um, you'll see it in Reiki. My gosh, Reiki is even what is this? It's energy. You you're not looking. You can't see it, but you can feel it. People swear by it, right? But science has jumped on that, and so have the hospitals. And they mm. will give Reiki to pregnant people, to cancer patients, you know, because they done the work where they were able to quantify the data and say, ah, if whether it's virtual or distance Reiki, it works mm. or in person mm -hmm. and it just works and they can actually measure the body and the brain waves and see how it changes. Same thing with meditation. I mean, we, we, we've done a virtual Reiki session and it was amazing. And again, too, I think a part of it, it's tying into, it's our mental process because mm -hmm. she was walking us through in our mind, something to be picturing and feeling and, and sensing different areas of our body. Right. And, and I think that awareness in different areas was helping create some of that energy or, or focus some of that energy. Mm -hmm. But in, in the house, I, you're, you're totally right. I mean, we know there's something about the energy in a home that can be off. You, you know when you walk into a place and you feel like this is, there's just something not right here. Yeah, but I think we've all felt yeah. you know, walking into a room or, or going, in, going into a new place and getting that feeling, whether it was, you know, a feeling of energy, positive energy, or like just like, you know, like I don't want to be here. Creepy kind of energy? Yeah. Is there such a term as creepy energy? <laughs> yeah, um. and I mean... And that's why I said, and I totally meant it, when we were doing the house, the inspiration tour, and we got into the kitchen, I was like, even, it was the first room, I was, my eyes were like, wow, this is great, because it felt so good. And I'm just going to throw this out to you. Did you say the counter, was it quartz? Was it was that? quartz, yeah. The countertop there was quartz. It, um, I, I thought it was porcelain, I think, at first, but I think it's quartz. It's quartz. Okay, so 
I said, maybe that was part of why, part of the ingredient of why I, I resonated so strongly to that is that I was like, wow, the whole area is just, you know, immersed in this natural element. So even if you use more natural elements to build a house, more organic elements versus processed, um, sustainability, going green, all that good stuff, it can make a world of difference. So I was Mm -hmm. like, oh man, that would have been, that would have been a really nice kind of, um, little tidbit to bring to the awareness. Yeah. Of people. And, and I can mention that to our homeowners as well, which I already know with what they've told us is they love to have a lot of organic material in the home. They love wood tones. They love stone. They love that big old brick fireplace that they have. They just love that feel. It's just, it's a little dark and dated feeling to them, but maybe that's it. So secretly I'm hiding all of that energy talk behind the practicalities of what people like. Because we all know, anytime someone says, I, I want a beachy vibe, I want like a, a Californian West Coast vibe for my home, I know what they're referring to. They like the calm feel, the calm, clean, uh, relaxing feel of organic materials and a, an open, airy, bright space. Yeah, and yeah. they call this, a, throw another thing this way, they call it biophilic design. So that could be also something maybe down the line you guys research or embrace where you're literally pulling design patterns from nature, not just leaves, but you're going to the cellular structure. And I find that so fascinating. And they even have buildings in Taiwan that look like DNA strands, which is amazing. So you can, you can conceal these things into the house. And the beauty of it is they don't even have to see it. They don't have to recognize what you've done, but they're going to vibe off of it. Mm-hmm. That's the only word I can give right now because there's yeah. no scientific term yet. <laughs> so you're, you're our second guest that has mentioned biophilic design. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, a scientist on who was talking about, uh, Dr. Joseph Allen. He was healthy talking about homes. healthy buildings and he oh. mentioned... Biophilia, so. There it is. Yeah. So that's two. If you hear it the third time, that means you need to you need to do something with that. Yes. <laughs> Done. We're on the lookout. Just like when you were on the lookout for hearing feng shui in New York. Has there been a major change that you were looking for? Were you looking to make a change and then you made the change physically in your home and you saw that change reflected in your life? Yeah. I mean, the entire, and I tell people this, um, and especially in the conversation of feng shui is, a lot of people think you do a change once, like you work with somebody, right? You do it once and you're done. No, it's the house. If you're changing, so will the house. So my house, I essentially inherited through my mom. And so it was an immense change from childhood to being comfortable to taking over the house. And now it's at a point where it really expresses who I am and and it's open. At one time it was very closed. So it's very symbolic. And now I'm like, oh, I want to have drum parties and I want to have like all these things. <laughs> and I, I finally did it um, at the beginning of, of uh, 2020 and then COVID hit and that was the end of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> now you're the lone drummer, the lone you and your husband. Drummer, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I do envision and, and that's the other thing is um, even if something doesn't exist in the current moment, you act as if it does. And so the house can be that vision board, can be Mm. that encouragement, that influence to motivate you. And so every time I'd have a new idea or a goal, I'd say, hmm, how can I represent this within the space? And then I'll look at the different charts, either the compass or what have you. 
every time I learn something new, the approach will change. The house will change. It's just the nature of it. And that's the definition is that you're learning the cycles and to flow with it um, and just move. <laughs> you're constantly mm-hmm. moving even amongst chaos. But I guess that's a part of that flow like you're talking about. Wind and water is always flowing, changing. It's always it's always adapting. And so maybe that's a representation in your house. How that's it's- such a nicer, um, less intimidating approach to living and in home design because you know people are very intimidated sometimes in making design choices. But if you just see it as a representation of the different changes in your life, like don't be afraid to change it or like take things down if it doesn't resonate Mm -hmm. or go crazy with wallpaper. Um, if you're feeling bold in your life right now, like what she not, wants to do in our dining room. Yes, right now. that's why that was an example. <laughs> She's like, I'll put putting it out there. <laughs> Laura says we have to do it just for uh, feng shui purposes. Uh, ba- backing up a, a little bit with, with the principles too, but uh, as we walked through the house, there were some things that you pointed out that I didn't actually even know. Like when you were referring to the mountain supporting, like having a for, for whoever lives in the house, if you're sitting at your side of the dining table and having a wall behind you, it's that support. What, what are some of those principles? Maybe you can better explain the mountain than what I did or the fact that you said when you walk in, it's good to see maybe something that represents water. Yeah, so that's pulling. So those two concepts are pulling from form school practices of feng shui, um, saying that you have a mountain at your back and that mountain in the easiest uh, discussion is offering protection and support so that you're not totally exposed. Um, and if you if you actually listen to a line in Moonlight, I forget the character's name, but he's talking to the younger uh, character and he's like, listen, if you're gonna be in this house, you can't have your back to the door because you're never not gonna know who actually is you know coming in. And I'm like, oh my God, he's like, there it is. <laughs> yeah. um, so there's a lot of practicality. And when we talk about water, water at the front of the house is essentially creating more movement, so a bit of yang energy. And so the idea in the olden days is that if you can build a building or a home that faces water, it's not on top of it, but it has a good distance, mm-hmm. bringing life force energy to you. And the water in its own respect would relate to wealth, health, prosperity, abundance, all the good things, but there's mm. also different qualities of water. You don't want still water. Mm. You want moving water, but you don't want raging water. It needs to be a happy medium. Balance. Yeah, exactly. And actually, that's what that's one thing, Laura, that I really enjoy when we brought you out to work with our clients because your energy is so calm. So like, you embody what you talk about and it makes it easier for people to to ask questions and learn uh, with that sort of an energy. So, but, but you have to tell me though, in your house, be honest, what are some things that you have not changed that you really think should change for better energy flow in your house? Or something that really just irks you when you see it every day and you've, for 10 years you've wanted to change that? Oh, totally. It's a fair question. I I, ha- I have three zones that I actually would like to change. Um, the basement. The basement is unfinished. And unfortunately, we had a flood a while back. Um, and since that time, I've just been like, I don't want to deal with it in case it floods again because it's expensive. Mm. So, but the goal is to make it um, still feel finished, even though it's mm-hmm. not and comfortable. And the basement is interesting because in feng shui, it relates to um, the past. And I have mm-hmm. a lot of things from family, obviously, and, and childhood. So 
it definitely suits it. And so it's unfinished. And I feel like there's also unfinished healing that needs to come from it, you know? So that, mm. that's one area. The attic. That's a big one. It is a big one. <laughs> yeah, it's a big one. And I'm in process for sure. Um, the attic relates to the future. Now, all the things in the mm. attic, uh, I really like the attic. It just needs to be cleared out of my father's stuff. He has a lot of my father's stuff. I'm like, I don't even know what all this stuff is. So, but that doesn't feel as daunting um, mm. or really as much of a, of a healing process. So, but that's just basic stuff. And the last one really is my bedroom. My bedroom has been the same since childhood. <laughs> well, that's kind of awkward. Wait, in is what it ways? Awkward? Yes. <laughs> But the color has changed. It's not pink. It's like our earthy yellow. So. But wait, hold on a second. So uh, the bedroom that you're using, back up is like, maybe I missed this. So the house that you're in right now, the house, this was your family home. This is my family home, yes. All right. So it was your family home. And but the bedroom you're in, you're now in the main bedroom suite, though. You're not in the kid bedroom that you had as a kid. No, this right? is, so what happened is when I, when I got a, uh, when I was coming to the States, uh, everyone signed the papers. Laura's coming. She's getting adopted. My mom and my dad, they were originally creating, uh, like, I guess you'd call it like an extended bedroom or whatever. So it would become yeah. the biggest room in the house. And then I came along and they're like, okay, we'll just give it to her. So bedroom, um, but it has, it has been the same since then, because when I went away to college, you know, I didn't pay attention to it. I was like, whatever, I'm just going back and forth. Um, obviously the furniture has changed and the paint color has changed in the curtains. I was going to say, what does your husband think living? You guys are like sleeping in a tiny twin bed and a twin bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, but that is on my list of, of things to do. And that room is very interesting because underneath it, it has a crawl space. And this is where we get into dowsing and different type of subtle geopathic stress and energy. And so, Usually in feng, in feng shui in general, you want something that's filled in and solid. And so having something that is um, even more exposed, it almost leaves an empty space. And even just health-wise, it might not be the healthiest. So that, that room is very interesting because I've had a lot of um, spiritual encounters, uh, really interesting um, dreams. In that room? In that room, like when my uncle passed away, this was back in the 19, 1997 or so, um, same time we were actually, my mom was transitioning to feng shui. A lot of stuff happened in that mm. year. I felt, I was on my bed and I was sleeping and I felt the pressure shift and I freaked out and I got so scared. I just stayed on the bed like this with my head down. And then I felt someone go like that on my hair and I just tried to punch whatever it was and I ran out of the room. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. And at the time, my mom was alive, and I was like, "Mom, somebody, somebody touched my head," and she's like, "Oh, that was probably Uncle Peter." Mm. And I was like, "Why is he doing that?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I've had interesting encounters, and I'll just leave it at that story. But <laughs> yes. Linda would not come back into the house if that I happened. No, I, I, I say that, but I'm I'm so fascinated with those stories. I mean, we we believe in them, and you know, there's so much we don't know about other realms and things we can't see. Um, so yeah, I, I'm like scared of it, but at the same time, I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> we, have, we have a friend of ours right now in she, they bought this, uh, older home. And when they were in the house, the home, there's this one small 
door. Like a cellar. It's like a cellar, but it was it was open, and then all of a sudden it was locked. But nobody had been in the house, and nobody nobody was around. And then randomly it was open again, like physically open. Mm-hmm. And then randomly again, it was locked again. This right. kept happening, but there was nobody in the house and it was legit like locked. And then it was open like and her, nothing. her friend who saw this on Instagram called her and she said, I just have to tell you something because I saw this on your Instagram and I was hearing voices and I had to tell you, like I'm hearing these names and I'm hearing, you know, like put out flowers and wine. This was their party room. They, they just want it to be used in like, um, you know, a party room again. Yeah. So that's what she did. So, so that's actually something I wanted to ask you. Um, seeing that you you focus, your your career is all focusing on the energy in a home. How, what's your experience aside from what you just shared, but, and, and what's your belief with um, spiritual activity? So in Feng Shui, we do believe homes have a spirit and the extension of that spirit is from the person living there now. And sometimes it can be imprinted from people of past. And we're not talking about just the previous homeowner. We're talking about centuries, years ago. Um, and so dealing with, with um, yeah, it could be psychic activity, but spiritual activity is a huge one. And not everybody is keen to that. Um, there are certain things that I will back away from. I know my boundary line and that's important, Mm -hmm. but it is something that we address and we talk about. And then also being very attuned to, is it really spiritual activity or is it an imprint of an emotion or is it a mental, um, how can I say something left over mentally? So so if it's an imprint from, uh, or something emotionally left, Left over. Those are the sort of things that you can come and like heal the property or however you would call it, like like get rid of that feeling. However, if it's spiritual activity, that's not something you're necessarily getting rid of. Is that is that right? Or the I guess the more respectful way um to put it is that you're as the practitioner, we're not like it's healed. We're just the channel, like within Reiki, we're holding space for, you want to call it God, source, universal energy, whatever term you want to use, Mm -hmm. we're just the conduit. So it channels through. And when we're working with spirit, the easiest way to translate that is they were once human as well. So we don't approach it disrespectfully. We're helping Mm -hmm. them to transition from this earth plane to the next. So in the practice of BTB Feng Shui, because it comes from Bon Buddhist traditions, and, and feng shui is not a religion, yet it does adopt principles from different areas. Um, the goal is to help that hungry ghost. A hungry ghost can be defined in different ways. Um, somebody who is addicted to alcohol, to food, to money, um, or maybe they are addicted to being on this planet. That is a true thing. Our goal on a more serious level, if it comes to that, is to help them transition from this earth plane to the next, if you will, parallel world. I know that mm-hmm. we're going on a stretch here, but... I feel like that would be me. I'd be addicted to staying here. She wouldn't I want just, to leave her family. I just love this place. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's fascinating. I know that we could talk for hours about about this, but maybe the one thing I wanted to ask, can you, can you sort of define... I think most people think of feng shui just as how you place your furniture and how you build a home to maximize the energy in the home. But feng shui is, if and tell me if I'm wrong, feng shui is something that is about energy, um, like human energy and home energy. It's something that's a combination. It's not just for your house. It's something that's for you too. Is that correct? 
Yeah, it's it's everything. It's, um, you know, if we describe this briefly using the yin-yang principles, you know, you're pulling energy, you're borrowing energy, if you will, from the heavens, the cosmos. That's where the flying stars and the astrology comes from. And you're learning how to be more in tune with the earth. And then as the human, as that conduit, it's the idea is that these two worlds come together to offer you opportunities to make better decisions, participate in, a, you know, behavior that will be the most beneficial to you. It could be as simple as I want to exercise more. And if feng shui is going to assist in that new motivation and inspiration, then so be it. Professor Lin Yun, um, one of my mom's teachers, how he put it was feng shui is about developing yourself. And mm. I personally, I resonate to that because what is developing yourself, making better choices and how do we make better choices? You can use the divination of the I Ching, of astrology, of just the practicality of how you're living and then marry all these worlds together. So that's why I say I can't pinpoint what's better mm -hmm. or not because everyone's so unique. And also the ultimate goal is to try to get science <laughs> to start studying this. And I, I would love to be a part of that movement um, of feng shui consultants and other scientists working together to say, let's start talking about, I don't care what method it is. Like, let's just start heading this because mm -hmm. it's, it's, I feel medicine that is being ignored and yeah. we need to start shifting this conversation and getting over furniture arrangement <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting hey. into something else. And I, I'm so glad that you did say that because I strongly, I've, I've always felt that way, but I, did, I don't know, have the knowledge that you have that feng shui isn't just about furniture placement. Mm -hmm. And so many people think that it's, it's more specified like that. So thank you for being a part of this movement to shift things into a, uh, a, a more important way uh, way of looking at your home and looking at your personal health and growth. And designing so. your life, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there definitely. We go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we look forward to your book too. Thank you, thank you. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Ciao. All the best. <laughs> thank you so much, Laura, for joining us. There's so much that we have to learn about the energy of the house. About energy flow and mm -hmm. how we design our homes. Well, I'm taking and some energy what, from you. you. Oh. Taking the energy. Just gonna shower myself in it. Oh, you smell like me oh, now. Oh man. Also good. <sighs> Finally. So that means I don't have to shower. I just showered myself with your energy. I don't know. I, I think I have stronger BO than you do, so I want to talk about the feng shui in our house though. So room by room, which room would you say sort of bothers you right now? You step in, you're just like, ah, it's not quite working. Mm, unfortunately, the craft room, because it's become a storage room. A horage room? A, a horage room. room. <laughs> because when we were traveling, it was literally like the room that nobody used because we were not home. So it would be my, you know, like come home, dump things in there, and then I kind of forget about it until we get back. So Linda's craft room is this colorful, beautiful room of whimsical creativity um, but it also ends up just being like the hoarder pile of the house. But it's a beautiful chaos. It is. I know uh, where things are. It is definitely not an organized chaos. I didn't say organized chaos. I said beautiful chaos. Okay. All right. Just wanted to clarify. It's not organized at all. I can't make fun of you because right now I feel the same way about my office because the office is is a all our like a, it's just a random mix of 
my collectibles. And it smells like collectibles. Yeah, that, it, like, it has a super old musty smell. <laughs> but I want, I definitely want to get some better organization in that room. And what, okay, so what really fascinates me is when you think feng shui, the big thing is about that energy flow. But in reality, a lot of that just comes down to peace of mind. What gives me peace of mind? Sort of having everything in its place being able to maneuver in your house and use it in the easiest way possible. You shouldn't have to work to survive in your home. Your house should work for you. This is why Drew loves my side of the bathroom. Oh my gosh. It's pretty gross right it's, now. It's awful. Okay, and it overflows. I, like I started organizing stuff in there and then it, it just got so busy and it, it does annoy me too because every morning when I wake up and like brush my teeth and get ready, I am, you know, like climbing over things and looking for things. But it this is, is the annoying. thing. So if you if you literally just took 20 minutes, half an hour maybe, and dug in, it would be completely organized the way you want it. Yeah, it would but be done. Then we wouldn't have time for Sudoku or backgammon or yes. like our little workouts that we try to fit in. It's true. Right? But the thing is, time is an illusion. Because magically we find time for the things that we want to do. And then for some reason, we never have the time to go to the gym or to do organizational things. That's just the human way. Yeah. So I think if we just catch ourselves making excuses and just do it, it'll be done. Me in the office, you in the craft room, you in the bathroom. you Me in, in the bathroom? Yeah, in the, your vanity. Oh, right, right. I was picturing me on the toilet. <laughs> I was like, I didn't say bathroom. I did say bathroom. But you know what we did do, though? So this is something that could be a little intrusive if it wasn't somebody as amazing as Laura. But we brought in Laura Serrano, who is a feng shui guru. And she walked through with us virtually. She walked through and gave us a few pointers with our main bedroom suite to tell us what we need to change mm -hmm. for better flow. Yep. You can check out our virtual feng shui consultation with Laura Serrano on our at-home YouTube channel. Uh, by the way, you don't want to miss Linda's crap room. I mean, craft room. Um, it is an eyesore. Excuse me. It's Drew's office is just as bad. So he well. keeps making fun of me for my <laughs> for my craft room. It's my one what? area of life that is disastrous. You need to see it. Your office? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bad. Anyway, the link is in our show notes. So make sure you watch that. Well, thank you for joining us. It's so much fun to have you guys here. Be sure to check us out on social media at at home. Mm -hmm. And can they text you if they want? If you guys want to text me, 310-496-8667. We also want to thank our whole team. We have an amazing team to make at home happen. Our producer, Brandon Angelino. Courtney Iwanis, Wesley Snipes, as in Wesley Friend. Hannah Friend. Victoria Shaw, Chad Carlson, and everyone else Chris that's involved. Cobain. Especially you, Linda. And you. And you. And you.